0: Hi, everyone. I'm Jill Smokler, and I've got issues. I've got a ton of issues, actually, and I'm pretty sure you do too. And I'm positively sure we'll both feel better having talked about them. And that's what this podcast is all about. So let's get started. Did you know that She's Got Issues has a magazine called, what else would it be called, Issues? And issue number one is out. You can find it at she'sgotissues.com, which is in the show notes. And I'm really proud of it and excited about it. So I would love you to check it out and let me know what you think. Orly KG, as seen nationally on The Kelly Clarkson Show in the Chicago Tribune and on WLS Radio and WGN News, continues to hustle her way into the comedy scene with her antics about marriage, shame-eating, and her constantly decaying body. She's appeared at Zany's Rosemont and Chicago, Comedy Bar, Laughing Academy, The Lincoln Lodge, Annoyance Theater, and her weekly open mic at Chief O'Neill's. Orly KG also produces Bad Moms of Comedy, which brings laughter to crowds and pays comics for their talents. to be honest, we get pitches from people proclaiming to be funny all the time. And I'm like, what are we going to, what am I going to talk about with these people? Um, and we got yours and I was like, what, what, Kira, what on earth? I was like, what are we going to talk to with this woman, like, I have no idea how to prep for this call. And we had this, the prep call with you. And I was, and then we got off and I was like, I love her. She's so wonderful. We totally clicked. We can talk about anything. So I don't really have much of an outline for us to talk about, which I do sort of normally, because there's not really like a, I don't, we don't really have like an agenda. It's interesting that you say that. Cause I think a lot
1: of women do that because when you said, I'm going to talk to you, I freaked out. i mean, I put on way nicer pants for that initial <laughs> call with you. Like, cause I'm like, this is Jill. Like, this is a woman who has made an empire of saying all the things we all wish we could have said as parents and you're, you keep growing it. So we do, we have this imposter syndrome. Sometimes when we talk to people, we're like, there's no way I could possibly talk to this person. And then we ended up finding common ground. I think women need to focus on that more of finding common ground with other women instead of saying, Oh, I can't possibly talk to this person because X, Y, and Z. So, um, I just, you know, I had the same feeling about you.
0: Oh, thanks. Um, there is (laughs) so much common ground. I used to feel common ground with women who were like slightly overweight and women with curly hair. Like those were the two things where I felt like I could really identify with women. And now it's sort of all women over the age of 40. I feel like we are just in it together and there is just so much common ground. Do you feel the same way?
1: I totally do. And that's why I started the Bad Moms of Comedy, because Mm. I was going to these open mics and I was seeing all these young kids and these young men and women just talking about things. And honestly, they're really, some of them are real crass. And I'm like, I'm not going to talk about that kind of stuff. And then I just found my tribe. And that's what's helped me grow as a comic is finding other women who are going through the same thing that we're balancing. We're spinning plates, right? You got family, you've got your house, you've got your job, you have your comedy, you have your outside family, your parents, Um, it's just, there's so much going on that we're all trying to control. And when we see that everyone else is doing it, you're just like, okay, the fact that you even got out of bed this morning, good for you. And yeah, but I, I feel what you're saying about the, like the, the overweight and the curly hair thing. Um, I went to school in Indiana and I was like, I'm a Jewish girl from Chicago and, or outside of Chicago. And I I was different. The second I stepped foot in Indiana everyone was like gorgeous and blonde and yeah. so um finding common ground sometimes was hard. I just felt different. Yeah. And so it's it's nice to it's nice to find your tribe in your 40s.
0: Yes, it's necessary. So you were not doing comedy professionally or anything really until you were how old? It's so funny. I always considered myself
1: funny. I don't know if other people did, but I did. And that's all that matters. Oh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I, I've had several different hats. I've been thinking about this question so much because it really happened by accident. Um, that We were almost through with the pandemic. We were going out with friends to dinner, and we went to a comedy club. And I went to the washroom, and there was a sign on the door that said, Are you interested in stand-up comedy? I'm like, And I just took the flyer and I took a class and I didn't realize I was missing something. Mm And it just, again, the spinning plates, right? The work, the kids, the everything. And then you look back because my kids are in high school. I looked back and I was like, well, what about me? Where's my joy? Where's my thing? So I thought, Oh, I'll just take a class. And then it just stuck. Um, and because I do PR for a living public relations, I just happened to be able to not have the fear about promoting myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's how this grew really fast. Uh, but yeah, I was 40. How old am I now? I, I started this less than two years ago. So um, I didn't get on my first stage until August of 2021.
0: So what was that? What was well, What was the first class like? Because because I haven't taken a class as an adult Um I, I haven't taken any classes as an adult, and there are many that I have wanted to. So I'm just curious what what was that initial? I highly recommend it. Just do it. No one's gonna look at you weird. There
1: was a, especially when it comes to like comedy or something creative, you're mm-hmm. gonna find so many different people at different levels of their life going to that class. Mm-hmm. Um, we had people in their twenties and we had people in their 50s. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Um, it was small. There were like nine or ten of us. Okay. Uh, the first class was interesting because we were we were all still spaced apart. You know, we were all being careful and wearing masks. Um, but by the end, it it was it was like one of those like class recitals, right? Like you're like, oh my god, we did it! And, <laughs> and, and it, we actually made five minutes of comedy, and and we made people laugh, and it was really it was empowering and scary at the same time. It's very vulnerable going up there and talking about things about your life. But I I loved I highly recommend it. Just do it. Just take a class, just do it.
0: How did you form the Bad Moms of Comedy? How did you meet up with the other moms?
1: <sighs> it's a good question. So, um I just started asking around. I said, There's got to be, there have to be other women doing comedy that are like moms. And so they're like, Oh, you need to talk to uh, Leah Berman and you need to talk to Lindsay Porter. And then they started connecting me with other moms like uh, Colleen Brennan and Um, Umie Kim. and I. I said, Hey, I turned to a friend of mine. We were on a walk one day and I said, I'm thinking about starting this group called bad moms of comedy and doing it for PTAs. And I wanted to start small. And Mm -hmm. she's like, if I was invited to that for my PTA, I would go to that in a heartbeat. Cause everything Mm -hmm. I'm invited to, I don't want to hang out with these women, but now I get Mm -hmm. to laugh. Mm -hmm. Um, so she coordinated it with her school. Um, and we got 60 moms to come like it less than a month. To come to this event and it worked it just worked mm. people had a good time the school made money we made a little money we all got stage time um it was it was great and then we just knew we just knew this was a concept that was going to work i i definitely have this weird thing that i will talk to anybody and so because what's the worst thing they're gonna say is i don't want to talk to you fine i'll don't, don't talk to you it's fine but i when i reached out to these other moms they were like please please do this Mm -hmm. um we've been wanting to do something like this we tried to do something before the pandemic um and i just i just did it i know it sounds weird
0: no it doesn't it sounds i'm i'm envious because the pandemic did nothing inspiring for me like did the opposite it totally like knocked the wind out of any enthusiasm i had it didn't inspire me in (laughs) any way shape or form did all of the moms? Um, was there any element of stage fright? Were they afraid to to get in front of people, or was that not was that not something you dealt with? So I want to go back to your thing about the pandemic because yeah.
1: yeah, the pandemic knocked the wind out of our sails too, and it just mm-hmm. so happened that when it was remember that first time it lifted <laughs> the first time
0: yes, and we I all did. had hope,
1: a little yes, bit of hope yes, that that's when I period. happened yes, that's when I happened to go to a comedy club.
0: Mm. so
1: that was the thing it was like there was this like moment of hope going to a comedy club that i hadn't been to a comedy club in so long hanging out with friends having a good time having a couple cocktails it was just this moment of i i'm gonna do something Mm -hmm. um and so but yeah no the the pandemic was tough
0: was it Um, on your radar
1: before the pandemic no no not at all in fact i was um the people we went out to dinner with uh, Michael and Meredith uh, in case you're listening. um, She is, they're significantly younger than us. (laughs) So so they're in their thirties and she is in a adult dance troupe. And I used to be a dancer when I was in high school. And and I was like, maybe I want to do that. Like I I could just tell like that night I was just ready for something.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And she goes, you should come see our show and all this stuff. And uh, I happened to see her show at the same time that this class was starting and the show was great. But then I realized they were one and done. They did the one show and they were done. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need a little more attention than that. So I mm-hmm. needed to do this on, on the reg. Yeah. So that's what I realized. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do stand up instead. And that's just what happened. So what was the first time like? Frightening. It's frightening. And it's weird because it's it's a class. And so everybody in the audience is friends of people in that class. So we have a hundred people in this audience, and everyone wants us to win. Everyone wants to right. laugh. Everyone wants to have a good time. Um, That's true. You're not really gonna have the lineup in that in that environment. Right. Exactly. And um we didn't have the lineup until that night of when we were going to go on so I like, the whole day I'm just like stressed out you know I have a job and I'm like uh, yeah. yeah I can't work today I, I I have things going on um and I was first uh, I was the opener
0: and that's not a bad my, place to be
1: it's a frightening place to be it is a it scary
0: is, as shit place to be but at least you're not I don't is last last is kind of
1: yeah you're the, that means you're like you're the headliner
0: yeah last so is scary
1: my teacher did say, he said, I'd like to bookend my shows really strong with first and last comics. Okay. And so when he put me first, I was like, "That's that was an honor. Yeah. Um, but he has been doing stand-up for 10, 12, 15 years. Mm-hmm. So he went up there and hosted and just killed. I'm like, aren't you supposed to fluff the audience? I didn't mm-hmm. realize you were going to finish them. Mm-hmm. Like, he was so good. But then he gave me this beautiful introduction of like how funny I am and blah, blah, blah. And I just went up there and I did it and it just filled my heart. I just had Mm. so much fun and I made people laugh. And a lot of the jokes that I have are about my husband and he was there and he's approved of all the jokes and how, um, I mean, the first joke I said was um, how my husband doesn't talk dirty to me. And then I asked him to talk dirty to me, and his response was shaking his head no. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm like, hmm. Um, and then he's like, you know, well, what do you want me to say? And I'm like, not that. I'm like, I don't want to tell you to tell me what I'm not going to pull my own hair. It's not the same. Um, <laughs> and it's, that's, that's, you know, it's very vulnerable stuff. And people right. laughed and they related to it. And I just, I loved it. Um, that first time was hard. Um, I will tell you, I went to an open mic the night before. Open mics are horrible. Just like they are. They're, because you don't have any control of the crowd. Is that makes them horrible? No. And most of them are comics. Just thinking about their own sets in their own heads waiting mm. to go up. And comics are not very giving with their feedback. So they won't necessarily like laugh. They might give a huh, you know yeah, that kind of thing. Okay. So you go so I went to that the night before no one laughed. And I'm Oh like, really? I'm in, a bomb. I'm in a bomb. And then you're in a room with people that love you and it's fine.
0: I always wondered this about comedians and about artists who perform the same thing repeatedly. Do you is it does it still have a level of excitement and spontaneity? Are you just, because of the adrenaline, are you just sort of going through the motions because you know it so well? What is that like?
1: I think for everyone, it's different. Some comics really like that regimented, I know exactly what I'm going to say, when I'm going to say mm-hmm. it, when the laugh's going to come. And I think that's great. I get tired of saying the same thing over again. So I have to stop myself because I'm like, wait, that joke works. Just do the joke, do it to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll add little bits here and there of new jokes I want to try. So that's how I see it as I have my tried and true that you won't see on TikTok or anything because I need to use those for a while. Right. But then I'll use new ones in the middle of those just to be like, does that work? Um, the second, for me, this is how it is. I practice and then I go out there And I'm like, okay, I'm saying the same joke. And then I say it and they laugh. And I'm like, oh, that's right. I have a service to them. Mm. I need to be on. I need to deliver the good stuff. I need to bring these people enjoyment. And if that means I got to bring out the stuff that I am bored of saying, I'm not bored, but I'm like, I know it works. But you know what? They've heard it for the first time. It's new for them. Yeah, yeah. New for them is a good way of thinking about it. Yeah. And honestly, I do. I love it. I love making people laugh. I love when something that uh it brings new life for the joke too. That mm. I'm like, that still works. That's so mm. awesome. But they they loved it too. Totally yeah. different city, totally different venue. They loved it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I am not a stand-up and I have not um much desire to have that experience, but I do sometimes I have a couple of stories that are funny that I like to pull out and like put on the role of a standup when I'm like not sober, namely. And I think it's hilarious. I think it's actually super obnoxious if I'm to take myself away from it, because it's not like, it's one thing to be a standup when you're actually in that role, but like to monopolize the attention and sort of put yourself in a stand-up role when you're not really in one is probably a little less uh, charming.
1: Jill, I'm so, so surprised to hear you say this because you're so funny. Like, you're the one who started, like, us being able to laugh about being moms and those moments. So you are way more of a storyteller and a jokester than you give yourself credit for. Because well, you, you gave but there's, us but, so but, much joy.
0: But there's a big difference between, you know, being sarcastic and, you know, witty thoughts or comments and being able to perform that in front of an audience. That is something I think I would find that okay. very intimidating and... um Oh, yeah, I don't know, but maybe it's something that, <laughs> yes. that I can aspire to do because it is intimidating and maybe that's what makes it fun. I mean, was it was it hugely intimidating to you when you started it? yeah, and i'm I'm a show voter, man. I will get up talk to anybody like I said i
1: I'm just like you where I will like say stories at a party and all of that stuff um, and but you're out there by yourself. That is you having to remember these jokes. It's not bantering with a friend and right. bringing up the story. Um, it's a really cool exercise and how much you can do and how funny you can be, how you can bring joy to other people. And I challenge you, Jill, I challenge you. I think you should do it. I think you should do it. I, I, I think any woman that's like, I'm scared of this, just try it. It's four classes or five classes and you're going to learn about yourself. You're going to learn about other people. Uh, it's an encouraging space. If you're gonna go and do stand up and the first thing you do is an open mic, that's a little rougher. Hmm. I'm just gonna say it is it is the reality of the job, because we all have to do open mics, but it that's you're not gonna get the same kind of encouragement. Like I felt like when I was at the stand-up class, like I was in AA, they were like, You came back, you're doing it, you're here.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, I can do this, I can be funny. Well, what happens if the room is just totally quiet? Oh my God, that's a horrifying thought. It is. Are your kids funny?
1: My kids are hysterical. They're so funny. Um, Being funny was very important to my parents, um, even though they're a lawyer and a doctor, but it's like you were rewarded for being funny. And I didn't Mm -hmm. find my funny until college. And my husband is very funny. And my kids are funny. My son has a lot of sarcasm. My daughter is very quick-witted, always has been. She, um, When she was potty training, she was, you know, three, two or three, and gosh, she'd freak us out. She would leave her room, come into our room, stand by the bed. She's this crazy head of curly hair. Stand by the bed until one of us woke up. Frightening, right? <laughs> just this shadow Hold of in. this curly-haired child just standing there. You're like, <gasps> and she just peed on the floor. Just peed on the floor in our bedroom and then went back to bed. And we're like, what just happened? So we like we clean up the pee, whatever. The next day, she's having breakfast, and we're like, you know, do you know you got up last night and you peed on our floor? And she, without skipping a beat, she's two or three years old. She goes, No habla inglés. <laughs> just like that. We don't even speak Spanish in this house. Where did that come from?
0: That's amazing. It's like, what? she's so funny. She's so Well, first so of all, it funny. came from Dora. And second of all, that's
1: hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Thank you. You know, for the last like 14 years, I'm like, where did she even learn that? And that I was like, was it so daycare? Funny. What?
0: Thank you. Thank you for answering. Yes. Jill, that, is the rest answer. yes mm-hmm. that is my kids. Yes. That, that is the one thing that TV when they were toddlers was useful for was the Spanish. Um, Yeah. That makes me feel like such an active parent, by the way, that I didn't even know she watched <laughs> Dora. And you're the one who
1: answered this question 14 years later. That's
0: great. Yeah, when I'd say, I'd say don't they? feel badly. I'm not sure. But I feel very confident in this. In this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's are funny your kids you talk about, funny? Um, oh, sorry. My kids have my sense of humor. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. My boys... My daughter is the least funny, I'd say. My da- my boys have very dry senses of humor. So they come out with like mm-hmm. one-liners that I'm I just like make me crack up and they know me so well. So mm-hmm. the things that come out of their mouths, yes, they are very very funny and very funny to me. When I was a kid, I don't think my parents thought it was funny. I think everybody just thought I was so negative because negativity sort of, you know, there's like a very fine line between like sarcasm and snark and like negativity. <laughs>
1: and I think right. I toe that line exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I they used to call me fetch um, a minute. Fetch, you know, in Yiddish is like complain. So that was like, I just complained all the time. So I think I've just sort of parlayed that into a career. But <laughs> kvetch just... <laughs> a minute. We need to make an
1: infomercial for fetch a minute, right. like a timer. It's like, now, now you can fetch. Totally. That's hysterical.
0: Okay. So I want to ask you to give us a bit of yours, but before I do that, I think I'm going to tell you if I were to ever do a stand-up, I have a story that would be one that I'd tell. So I think I'm gonna okay. tell it, and you can tell me if you think it would be stand-up worthy. And I'm actually like my heart is palpitating now because I wasn't planning on doing this and. Now I'm getting really nervous. So it actually is sort of like a little bit of a stand-up experience. Okay, so here goes. And now, Orly, seriously, I'm very nervous. Oh, you're, in a safe <laughs> you're not space. gonna heckle this me. You're not good. gonna throw tomatoes at me through tomatoes. I the am screen. not gonna, I'm not gonna throw tomatoes. <laughs> no, because then I have to clean it up. I'm in my own house and I have to clean up the tomatoes. <laughs> That's true. Okay. So to give you a little context, we live in Baltimore City and we've been robbed. I have since moved out of the city. I live in the county now, but when we lived in the city, I was robbed four times. And the first time, all of our electronics were stolen. The second time, it was like random things and jewelry. The third time, it was um, all of the kids' camp duffels that I totally packed were all stolen. Um, And the fourth time, I had smartened up because by the fourth time I had bought a safe for all of my valuables because, you you know, fool me once, but (laughs) number four. So I had this safe in my closet, but by this time I had no valuables because my, you know, I had no (laughs) cash. I had no jewelry. I had no electronics. (laughs) I had nothing to put in the safe except for a little bit of weed and... (laughs) A bunch of, and I just have a little like side story. As a mommy blogger, you get a lot of swag. And the number one piece of swag in like the 2009 to 2011 period was vibrators. So between the mommy blogging world and having a gay husband, my vibrator collection was vast. Vast. <laughs> so because we've, had more than one microphone vibrator confusion experience, I thought the safe would be a really good place to keep all the vibrators. (laughs) So into the safe they went. So I am traveling at the time and my ex gets, um, an alert that there's been a break in. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? He calls me and I can see that there's motion. I can see where the motion is. And he goes over after the fact the police go over and the person is gone by that time. And they say, nothing is missing. Nothing is missing at all. Nothing, nothing is misplaced. No rummaging. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Um, And I go home, I go into my closet and the only thing that's missing is the safe. This big ass safe that I bought. Um, And and I tell the police about this safe that's missing. And I tell them exactly what's in it because I have no shame. Um, I <laughs> just told them what was in it. And a couple of days later, I am looking at the neighborhood listserv where someone has written, there is a large safe behind Web Lane, pried open, various, quote, personal toiletry items strewn about. <laughs> When I look outside, my entire vibrator collection is spread throughout the alley. Like the little bunny with the bunny ears, the bright yellow neon, like the li- like all of the variety. All outside on the lawn. So I went and collected them and put them in the garbage because that was... Um, yeah, that's my um Oh my god. That's my vibrator story. So,
1: first of all, the first thing of you saying that you got broken into four times, I couldn't even laugh cuz I was so shocked. That's oh so crazy. God.
0: Four fucking times. And the most one of the most annoying parts, I mean, they were all horrible and awful and whatever, but so annoying was they took all of the pillowcases. <laughs> Because they used the pillowcases. Oh, because they needed a bag. Right, to put shit in. So they rummaged it's through. Like and trick-or-treated back- around your house. Exactly. Every pillowcase was missing. So still to this day, i will like, go to make the guest bed. I'm like, where's the pillowcase? And it's just such an annoyance. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such an annoying little reminder. Um, but okay, so critique me more
1: first of all that wasn't a critique that was just like i couldn't even laugh at the beginning because i was like so shocked i I have never heard i live in chicago and i have never heard of this like that's well and the sad thing
0: was the police were just sort of like yeah i mean this is like we're in no rush so we had no alarm but clearly we had an alarm system i'm I'm tracking the person and there was nothing there was no rush there was no priority there's a gazillion things more important in baltimore city they made that very clear and yeah i moved so I love this and I think
1: you can actually do like three different bits about it. Yeah. So, um, yes, absolutely. Um, just something about, uh, do you have a sign on your head? Like, how am I getting robbed four times? Like I, I there's, there's mm-hmm. just something there about getting robbed, uh, that many times. Like I didn't even get a medal, um, kind of thing. <laughs> I and I, I think it's so, it's so, it's so, it's just like at that point you like, Can I just get like a $30 gift certificate to Trader Joe's just to buy the (laughs) wine
0: that's going to make me feel better about being robbed four times? It is a joke. I mean, Um, it really is. Like you don't have to try very hard to make that one funny because it really is a joke in and of itself. It's really good.
1: Um, And I think also just the fact that you, you know, you're a woman and you got robbed. How do you deal with it? I hear a lot of um, jokes about guys getting mugged, but I don't Mm. hear about this. And so this is like, you know, what did she do? So I'm really I I would love to hear more about like the feelings
0: the first time the feelings the second time the feelings it the was third time fucking like, traumatizing those are the right feelings. yeah it was uh you know and uh, actually the oh God was it the third time was my car and it was so frustrating because it was all of the presents that I'd gotten for all of my community managers and I got them all like, gift cards from all of the stores that they loved. And, it, the per, like, it was such a gold mine for the person because, like, they didn't know what was in there and it was, like, gift cards. Yeah. But I was just... And I put them all, like, I wrapped them all in these, like, chenille blankets. And so the chenille blankets were strewn throughout the street and the gift cards were all taken. It was really... I mean, there should have been, like, a camera crew documenting this stuff. It was so ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. That's horrible. Oh, my gosh, Jill. That is
1: horribly traumatizing. I love the vibrators um
0: yeah, the vibrators that, were, that visual will never never leave.
1: you do head. also have this big thing up like and having a gay husband and i was like there's a big thing to unwrap there too for comedy yep um
0: yep.
1: and if you can't unwrap it right there i would just leave it out but just say um and i'm actually really curious <laughs> why mommy bloggers got vibrators <laughs> sent to them <laughs> You're literally seeing my blog about how I don't wash my hair, how I'm not <laughs> feeling sexy and whatever. And you're like, here, this is what she needs. Like, is oh funny. yeah. Like, yeah. it's just like, re- this is, yeah. that's such a male fucking answer, by the way, that it's like, send her a vibrator. She'll be She just needs some tea. <laughs> like, no, I need a, you want it? You want it? You want to be nice to me? Send me a housekeeper. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Send me (laughs) a a new Dyson, asshole.
1: (laughs) Right. You want something electronic? Send me a Roomba.
0: Oh, my God. Exactly. A-pin to that.
1: (laughs) Um, No, I think that story is hysterical. Hysterical. I am curious which one of your favorite vibrators you had, but we can take that offline. Um, yeah. And that's a separate but story. But the fact that
0: they stole the safe, they pried it open in your backyard. Can you, I just, the visual of these men prying open a safe and being like, <laughs> like just their response. <laughs> like, can you, like thinking they like struck gold, like a safe, man. Like there's got to be some good stuff in here. Like she's locked it up. <laughs> Okay. So I did that for you. Now you do one for me. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. Uh, give me a topic.
1: Cause I got to figure out like, I have all okay. these jokes. Like what did I do well, last night?
0: A topic. How about, how about being a woman in aging? You got something on that? Uh, I recently bought
1: myself an $85 bra. Um, this is a podcast. So you kind of need some visuals here. This, this is not an $85 worthy uh, set of boobs. Um, There's not this an is abundance, a, a, I will say. This, there's not an abundance here. This is a this is a clearance rack rack. Okay, this is this is what it is. <laughs> um, but I bought the eighty five dollar bra because the tag said I was a D cup. <laughs> I think we have taken vanity sizing a little too far. Yeah. Um, D's are not D's. Okay, uh, even I came, And the reason why I know this is because I came
0: home and my husband said D's are not D's. Where are you shopping? Because I want to shop where you are.
1: He's bald, so it's fine. Um, uh, that was Nordstrom. Um, and I do have to say, I really like the bra. It does fit well. But I I was really put to shame after, and I have never put this in a set because I haven't asked my daughter, but I took my daughter a few weeks later, who is now, she's now a woman. And she, <laughs> uh, let's just say her, she had several other letters after me. And I was like, I was really proud of my G cups and now I'm really sad. So there you
0: yeah. <laughs> the go. How friends you have. Yes. Yeah, I would not want to take my daughter bra shopping. That would be a very depressing experience that I do not need to have. It's just
1: this girl. She's just they're beautiful. And she's
0: got this tiny waist
1: and these like just cute butt. And I'm like, what? And she's like, uh it's not, f- I mean, I know I'm supposed to be able to be like, oh, look at her. She's got her whole life ahead of her. But instead,
0: I'm like, no, not no. fair. I didn't have I don't that know butt. a single woman who's like, she has her whole life ahead of her enjoy. I think we're all like, oh, <laughs> I want that back. <laughs> Why didn't of I get that cute butt? Of course we are. Um, no, I am
1: proud. I am proud of her. Um, especially for the butt. So I have learned when it comes to jokes, it's just like, you know, get to the punch. Uh, Things like that. And honestly, I'm probably not the best joke critiquer for your stuff. I think that story is hysterical. And that's how you actually start doing comedy is start telling stories. And then you're like, okay, what are the jokes in there that I could actually turn into jokes? And it's a a great story. I mean, not a great story. I'm sorry. It's a horrible, (laughs) horrific story that you made funny. I should really clarify that I'm like, yeah, right again do it again
0: oh god there's just so many like the the person who saw it and who like posted on the list serve like how many people did that person tell like who knew on the list serve like when they have read that what it actually meant like oh you know they put uh, it on the list serve they are all at their window like who's gonna claim this safe I, oh my god and, and, you're, like, and you're like, out, like-
1: <laughs> right you're leaving out your back arms up in the air it's me
0: my it's me it's me! Oh, God. Now I totally fessed up. <laughs> well, I'm curious. Did you move because you got robbed or did you move because of the dildo incident? I am oh, just curious. A hundred percent out of shame. A hundred percent. I could have taken a ride, I mean, I took four. I could have taken a hundred. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Orly, we can find you. Tell us where. Oh,
1: gosh, where can you find me? Uh, ChicagoComedyWorks.com. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at k.g.orly. I think that's what it is on Instagram. I'm sorry. And on TikTok. You can just find, listen, how many orleys do you know? Just put Orly KG, you're going to find me. I, it's it's my face with a big thing of bubblegum. And you can't
0: see her face, but it's a very pretty little face with red oh, hair goodness, and goodness. not a huge chest, but just of the perfect boob size. <laughs> So there you go. (laughs) Orly, thank you so much. That was the best closing. You don't even have to say anything else. She just said,
1: cute face, perfect boobs. boobs. Good job. All right. Talk to you later. (laughs) Thank you, Jill.
0: Thank you so much for listening today. She's Got Issues is produced by Kira Shine, Play Audio Agency, and me, Jill Smokler. We would be so appreciative if you could rate and review the podcast and don't forget to check out the magazine, she'sgotissues.com. See you next time.